welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. I hope everyone is doing great this beautiful fall day. Hey, we're tackling a topic today that I know a lot of you struggle with or need new ideas for. I know that I do, and that is the topic of meal planning and cooking dinner. Anybody raise your hand if you need some help with meal planning or cooking dinner. I do. So today my guest is Tiffany King. Tiffany wrote the cookbook Eat at Home Tonight, and she really addresses a lot of the common issues that moms face as they're struggling to make dinner a priority. We all know that dinner time as a family is a great meaningful bonding activity, but schedules can get in the way planning ahead can get in the way, and you end up defaulting to old habits. So today we're going to talk about how she does it in her home, what she has learned in order to make meal time and dinner time more effective, and we're going to talk about the elusive Instant Pot. I just got one and I don't really know how to use it. So she's going to teach me all the things she knows about the Instant Pot and some ideas to get started. So let's get to it with Tiffany King. All right, I want to welcome Tiffany King to the show. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from today? I am in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, beautiful. I've never been there, but I've heard good things. Yeah, it's really nice. Very green. Were you raised in that area? I was raised in Indiana, mm-hmm. but we've lived here since 1990, so yeah, a, a while. long time. <laughs> a while. Well, that is so awesome. Hey, I hear from moms every day who struggle to make dinner a priority, to meal plan, to have new ideas, and so I think this is a very relevant topic that we're tackling today, and I'm bringing on the cooking queen, the eat-at-home queen. (laughs) I'm deeming you that. So, well, for people that may not know you, Tiffany, will you just give a little background on yourself? I have, um, I've been married for 30 years, and I have four kids. Two of them are completely grown and out of the house. One is in college, and then we've still got a 16-year-old almost next week (laughs) at home. Um, And I've been blogging at um, eatathomecooks.com for almost 10 years now. So, yeah. Amazing. And for your blog, do you do your own photography, or how do you do that? Most of what's on the blog is my own photography. I am adequate. For the blog. <laughs> I'm not a great photographer. Um, so for the book, we hired a photographer. And now I feel, I do feel pretty out of practice with my photography. Well, I think I, it's that's pretty. not imp- my strong area. I think it's pretty impressive because to make food look good is not easy. It's not as easy as, you know, making a person look pretty and cute in, in a photograph, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Tell me about the role of food in your home, even pre-blogging. Tell me about how you prioritize dinner. Did you prioritize dinner? What role did food play for you and your family? Yeah, dinner is one of those things that um, I just, I found that I'm pretty good at. I'm not good at lots of different things in the house, but but dinner is one of those. Um, and we did make it a priority to sit down together around the table. Even when the kids were really, really little, when you feel like, 
you know, we all have those dinners where you think, oh my goodness, this was not worth it (laughs) because it's cleaning up one mess after another or, you know, helping a child manage themselves or stay at the table or whatever that case may be at that time. But we did prioritize that. And now that the kids are older and um, a couple of them are starting their own we don't have any grandchildren yet, but they're starting, you know, with their spouses, their new marriages. Um, and they, I see them prioritizing that in their family and they still come home to eat dinner. Sometimes, um, they know that we're still likely to be gathered around the table about six. And so it, yeah, we're seeing the benefits of all of those, that whole culture of dinner time add up mm-hmm. for, for a positive in our family. I love that. And I bet it's really edifying to you to see them carrying on that tradition and that value into their own families. Were they helping you in the kitchen um, from an early age or at all? We'll admit that I prefer to um, not cook with children. Me too. Me, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do think it's valuable. It's definitely valuable to get the kids in there. I really like getting them in there once they hit – that early teenager years because you can get them talking while they're working and the more they've gone into the teenage years the more likely I am to call them to come help me in the kitchen just not so much because I need the help but just I want to connect and have conversation with them yeah I was talking to my friend who had teenagers the other day and she said something difficult had happened with one of her kids and so she was cooking dinner and he kind of sat down doing homework in the kitchen with her And he wasn't even contributing to the meal itself, but she was able to kind of ask him casually questions and he was responding and everything because she was multitasking and not giving, you know, uh, like investigative eye contact to him, you know, and it just kind of softened the mood in order for him to really feel comfortable opening up. And she said it was one of the best conversations they'd had in a very long time and it wasn't formal but there's just something that's comforting about being in the kitchen and just having that little bit of a buffer there in your conversation would you say that's true oh for sure absolutely um it is really nice when you can be doing something side by side and you're not looking each other in the eye it's just a lot less intense um you feel less on the spot Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so you have been on, did you say a two-year journey to have, to birth this cookbook, you should say? (laughs) Yes. Yes. It takes a long time to um, go from idea to finished book in people's hands. Amazing. And there's a hundred thousand cookbooks out there, but yours is called Eat at Home Tonight. And who did you write this cookbook for? Who's really going to benefit from this one? This is for all the busy families out there. So mostly moms, but we do have some dads in in our audience as well. Um, but, you know, we're all busy with, it seems like, soccer practice and dance lessons. They're always right at dinner time. It's very hard to cook when you're driving across town. But there are some tips and tricks that you can use to either take food with you or get your dinner done um, before you go so that it's ready when you walk in the door. I've got a whole chapter on I only have 15 minutes tonight. That's probably my favorite because no matter what else happens, you can pretty much always carve out at least 15 minutes to get some kind of dinner done. Um, But it's a real problem-solving cookbook with recipes that fit different situations that you may find yourself in. Well, and that's why I love these categories. It's not just appetizers, main dish, dessert. 
You know, because not every main dish is created equal in terms of how long it's going to take you, how intensive the ingredient list is, all these things. So your topics are, like you said, I only have 15 minutes tonight. My refrigerator's empty. Everyone's on a different schedule. Let's see what else. I don't have time for dishes. And so when you can find a parameter that fits kind of the dynamic of your evening, that's the type of recipe that you want to hone in on. And or if you're going to be on the go, certain foods definitely are more conducive to eating it on the go than others, right? So yeah, I'm a soccer mom. We're constantly on the go for practice right at 6 p.m., right at dinner time. But I do want my kids to eat a home-cooked meal and I want to have that bonding experience. So tell me one of your favorite things to eat on the go. Let's just start there. Um, one of my favorites is a salad that is made with um, quinoa mm-hmm. and vegetables, and then I think it's got chicken in it too. Um, I just made this a week or so ago, I think, and we took it on the soccer field, and then we serve it over fresh spinach. But it holds up really well, so it travels well. Um, it tastes good. You can, you know, you serve it cold, so you can just throw it in the cooler and go. Um, yeah, that's one of our favorites. Mm, that sounds so good. And so much of effectively eating dinner together at night is planning ahead, right? So how does meal planning look for you? How far in advance do you calendar your meals? How do you do your grocery shopping? What's your method? My method is I will use, we've got Eat at Home Meal Plans, which is a membership site. And I do go on there and print off uh, whatever um, meal plan that I think will work for us that week. So depending on the week, I may choose the slow cooker plan, which also has lots of instant pot recipes on it. Um, Or my very favorite one right now is the no flour, no sugar plan. Um, It just tends to be a little bit healthier with, you know, lean meats and more vegetables. So I'm really liking that one right now. But whichever one I choose, I just print. Well, usually I don't even print it anymore. We use the online grocery order. Mm -hmm. So I just put it up in one tab, the grocery tab, you know, order in the other tab and move those ingredients over. Um, That takes about 10 to 15 minutes to fill out the grocery list. And then I can pick that up when it's convenient for me. Um, And then I just work down that list. I'll have, I know that those are the ingredients I have in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I will choose the meals for each day based on what's going on, um, the cook time of that recipe, whatever the case may be. Okay, I love that. Okay, I'm going to tell you about an app I've been loving lately, and I don't know if you've heard of it yet, but it's called Favor Eats. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Oh, <gasps> Tiffany, I'm about to change your life. Because even though online grocery delivery and ordering is very efficient and effective, this could also pair well with that. So Favor Eats, I'll link to it in the show notes, is an app that was developed by actually some friends, but they basically took all of your meal planning issues and resolve them in one app. It's fabulous. So it's it's a free download, only on iPhones for now, but they're working on Android. And what it is, is you can import um, any recipes. So you can link your Pinterest account. So all those food recipes that you've tagged over the last 15 years, but you know, you, you're like, oh, I have to print it out. I have to find it again. You know, you import all of those into there and you can categorize them how you want. You can copy and paste URLs for new recipes that you find and put them directly into the app. It uploads all the recipes. Then the cool part is it has a meal planning tab. So you click on the calendar and then you can add certain recipes to certain days. And then the ones that you add into your calendar get made into a grocery list. 
And then even better than that, the grocery list has little check boxes. So if you already have some ingredients, once you're in your, you know, in your kitchen in front of your pantry, you're just click, click, clicking the things you already have. And then you're left over with whatever. So you can online grocery shop, you can go to the grocery store, whatever, but it's all in one place. It's amazing. So we could even upload and you can manually input recipes as well. So I could type in your recipes from your cookbook or from your online meal planning membership um, and add those in my favorites. And then it's all there. That's very cool. I know. My one thing when, um, my one advice for meal planning, for meal planning success, because I think a lot of times people get, you know, we get ambitious on a Sunday night or whenever we're doing this. Or when you're hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to make these wonderful meals and, and they're turn out to be by Thursday, we don't have time for that and no longer the energy either. Um, so keep it simple when mm-hmm. you're choosing your recipes. Make sure you're you're not overly ambitious with what you can accomplish. Um, save those for when you do have more time. That's a and great idea. And also pay attention to when you have time to cook. So if you have time in the morning to load a slow cooker, then you want those kinds of recipes. Maybe you have 15 minutes at the end of the day it's always good to have some really short recipes that you can get on the table quickly. Um, maybe you want to freezer cook for the week, um, then look for those. But really keep an eye on the amount of time you realistically have in your life. Right. So it's not just yeah, filling in what meals you want during the week, but on Tuesday and Thursday nights we have soccer. So a slow cooker meal would be better for that night or an on-the-go meal. And plugging those in appropriately. Yes. That, yeah, that's great exactly. to keep in mind. Because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'll have an Italian meal or I'm really in the mood for this Mexican dish or whatever it is. And we focus more on the flavors that mm. we want, which is fun. <laughs> you know, that's good. And you can kind of do that. But really, I think the priority needs to be for a busy family, the timing of the meal. Totally. I could not agree more. Or else you're just going to give up. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the Instant Pot. I just got one about two months ago and I've used it one time because I don't know what I'm doing. There's so many buttons. I know people rave about it. I just need some basics, right? So I'm new to the Instant Pot. Tell me what are some basics I need to know about it and some basic meals or sides or food that I should start with with the Instant Pot. Yeah. There is a little bit of a learning curve, but it's totally worth it. I agree. Um, Okay. Yeah, so it, you just have to make sure that you've got it sealed properly so that it will reach pressure. And the biggest hurdle, I think, for people is that it's not instant. It's, it's in the name, and people will tell you it is not instant. And yes. In some cases, you can make it quicker on the stove or in the oven than you can in the Instant Pot. So then why would you use the Instant Pot? Well, you're going to use it for convenience because you can either set a timer or it will switch over to keep warm. So I use mine a lot if I can load it around three o'clock or so in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. If I have a few minutes, maybe I didn't get my slow cooker loaded, but I remember, oh goodness, we've got to have some dinner. (laughs) So I can load it then and it'll switch over to keep warm and be ready. Just kind of like almost like using it as a slow cooker, but not the slow cooker function. I use the instant pot function on it, the pressure cooking. Um, yeah, so if you're aware of that, it Right, because it takes, it helpful. needs to warm up. So I didn't realize that. I thought, oh, egg's done in six minutes or whatever, but it's like it needs to warm up first, and that makes sense to me. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and the colder the food is and the more full the pot is, the longer it takes to warm up. Okay, 
Okay, so this is good to know. it can take a while. Okay, yeah. so if I want to feel the least like a dummy, what will I be successful at if I use my Instant Pot this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't feel like a dummy because okay. it's a learning curve okay. for sure. And there's nothing wrong with making a few mistakes along the way. It's okay. Okay. Um, I do like it to use it for side dishes at first because the stakes are a little bit lower if you mess up the side dish. Um, I really like it for, I've got a great macaroni and cheese recipe in the Instant Pot that's so good. It's pretty high calorie, which is why it's good. Um, also, I've made baked potatoes in it. Um, I love it for rice. That's a really easy one. Put a cup of brown rice and a cup and a quarter of water and then um, maybe a little bit of salt and set the pot for 17 minutes. And then that's just a really nice one for... Um, figuring out how to use the button and so I just choose manual in the amount of time I want oh okay how do I find yeah. out how long I should be cooking things I google okay <laughs> I okay. use google a lot I'll just put um instant pot cook time for roast or whatever I may have okay um if I don't if I don't already have a recipe that I'm working from or I haven't tested that myself yeah Yeah. and I feel like people are always boasting about putting frozen meat in there and how effectively it cooks that do you usually put your meat in frozen or thawed out I will put in um, a large cut of meat that's partially frozen Mm -hmm. I don't like to cook um, just personally I don't like to cook it from total frozen Um, but I do use like a boneless chicken breast still frozen those tend to thaw out pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. I feel more comfortable with that um, and that, especially those chicken tenderloins, the, the frozen ones, um, they're so small, they thaw out very quickly. And so you can get like a chicken curry or a chicken tacos or something like that done in about 30 minutes, start to finish, including the time for the pot to reach pressure. And mm. that's pretty good. I think so. I think that is really amazing. That's fabulous. Okay, so on a busy week for your family, tell me some of your, it doesn't have to be Instant Pot, but your go-to recipes that are just safe bets that maybe listeners can add to their arsenal this week and just feel excited about gathering around the table with their family. Yeah, my number one go-to is um, Mexican bean and rice bowls. Mm. I've been making that one for probably 20 years, and it just it never fails. And you can change it up the way you need to. So it you start by with a rice base, um, of course, just cook your rice, and then a couple of cans of kidney beans or black beans. I've made it with either one. Um, some onion and garlic that you saute, And then you add your beans, some chili powder and cumin, a cup of salsa, and that's it. Serve it with cheese and maybe sour cream if you've got some. You can make it vegan. You can add meat if you've got boys who are in the age of meat, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, starts around 12 and never ends. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably Um, so. Yeah, so it's super versatile. I love that. Yeah, my husband and I are trying to eat more plant-based these days, and I have to tell you, it's taken the wind out of my sails in planning because there's just I haven't found as many recipes. I mean, it's hard enough to meal plan without a lot of restrictions, but when you're really trying to eliminate meat or eliminate dairy, it's so tricky, Tiffany. Is there anything, yeah, that's more vegan, um, more plant-based that is really delicious that I can look forward to making tonight? (laughs) Well, of course, 
the number one thing that comes to mind is salad. But I think when you start in, you know, down that road, you end up eating a lot of salad. Yeah. Um, and all the books say, like, you can eat as much as you want, all the plants you want. Like, I don't want a lot of these things. I want a lot of casserole, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of work. So, yeah, I'm still in the investigative phase in that. But when we do find a winner, I feel like a hero, an absolute hero, um, especially when my kids eat it. Yeah, for sure. I really, I do like making um, a spaghetti sauce, like a homemade easy one that I'll start with maybe um, cans of crushed tomatoes. Yes. And then it comes together really, really fast. Um, and that can be served over spaghetti squash. Mm, I haven't done it's that. It's very good. Is that the one it's, where you put it in the oven and you scrape with a fork and then it literally looks like noodles? Yes. <gasps> it doesn't taste exactly like noodles. Not yeah. going to lie to you. But it's okay. very good. And you can make that in the Instant Pot, and it, it's very easy. It turns out really well in there. And you slice it in half first, right? And then you put it in yes. the Instant Pot? Okay. Slice it in half, and then you scrape out the seeds just like you would any kind of squash like that. Uh-huh. And then put it on a rack in the Instant Pot with a couple of cups of water underneath. And I can't remember how long I've done this um, for, maybe 12 minutes or 15 minutes, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Then, well, I'll yeah, Google it. It turns out wonderful. <laughs> okay, but I'm glad you didn't lie that it doesn't taste like noodles because when people say cauliflower tastes like a whole host of things, they're just <laughs> lying. And it's fine if, if they're fine with the taste. That's not the problem. The problem is that they say it actually tastes like pizza crust, which it just doesn't. No. <laughs> or mashed potatoes. Sorry. Not happening. <laughs> The photos are so beautiful in your cookbook, Tiffany. I mean, really, it makes everything look so appealing and attainable. Your recipes are short and the ingredient lists are concise and they're things I already have in my pantry. I especially love the eat out of your refrigerator or my refrigerator's empty ones because you really are just shelf cooking, right? And working with what you have. It doesn't, dinner time does not need to be fancy in order to be effective, right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't want people to feel like they need to, they can't make a recipe because they need to go to the store and get whatever the missing ingredient is. Mm -hmm. I I like to give lots of substitution ideas. I like for people to make the recipe their own to fit what their family likes and what they've got on hand in their kitchens. I totally agree. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at this one. Skillet chicken pot pie with drop biscuits. What? Tiffany? Oh. That is proving to be a fan favorite. Well, and the picture is just so appealing. Oh, boy. We're going to have to go off of the plant-based thing tonight. But, <laughs> hey, it, it's all about moderation. And if you make better swaps out than and eat more mindfully than you were before, that's kind of where I'm at, right? Yes. Yeah. And eating at home is going to win from eating it out, eating out pretty much every time, mm-hmm. almost no matter what you make. Almost no matter what you make. Almost. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I just have a couple like kind of rapid fire type questions. Do you have a favorite cooking gadget? My garlic press. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I just buy the minced, the pre-minced stuff. Is that totally not the same? Um, The pre-minced stuff is fine. If okay. that's, you know, if you like using that, it, there is no problem at all. I think using fresh garlic gives a little better flavor. Mm-hmm. And the garlic press, um, you don't have to take the papers off of the cloves. You can just stick them in there with the paper still on and press it through if you get a good one. Um, it's really quick and easy to do. Oh, that's good because I hate how it makes my fingers sticky. So I think that's great. And it stinks, obviously. Um, Okay, a favorite meal if you're entertaining. You're having a family over for dinner. 
and you're entertaining and you kind of want to up the ante a little bit? Oh my goodness. Um, I love to grill out, um, but making homemade pizza has been a thing. So we have a baking steel, which is just a thick piece of steel that goes in the oven and we heat it up, heat the oven as hot as it will go. And it kind of mimics that brick oven Mm. feel. Um, so it's fun. It's a special occasion kind of thing and make homemade dough and everybody has different toppings. Um, yeah, it's more involved, but it's a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun. I have never heard of a baking steel, so I'll have to check that out. That's really cool. Okay, your personal favorite weeknight meal when you're having a busy week. Oh, my goodness. Um, anything that somebody else would put on the table. <laughs> Why does everything taste better if somebody else made it? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not since I'm encouraging everybody to cook. Um, <laughs> I, I am not um, terribly picky, so I love lots of different kinds of things. But if it involves a sweet potato, I'm in. I love mm. sweet potatoes. Yum, yum. I love sweet potatoes too. Okay, and then tell me your biggest food fail. Maybe it's as you were making the cookbook or maybe just, you know, before and just in your experience. Do you, is there something that stands out that was like, this is not edible? Oh, yes. Um <laughs> When I first got married, I did not know how to cook, but somebody told me that you could make a meatloaf in the microwave. Oh, no. I could not make a meatloaf in the microwave. I, did <laughs> I don't know if that's true. a brick. Okay, okay. <laughs> my husband was convinced that he was going to eat it. Um, he was super cheap, especially back then. We had no money at all. And I remember, like, just fighting over it and tugging on it. But it left imprints in our fingers. This was how, it was not edible. It was so horrible. Oh, man. It's amazing to think back. Like, look at you now. Look what you've done. People trust you. You're an authority in this space. But you start with a meatloaf brick. So if anybody else is starting with, you know, feeling like they don't have a cooking, the cooking chops or something, got to start somewhere and it's you can you can really impress yourself huh (laughs) oh yeah for sure I always tell people it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to mess up a meal it's gonna happen if you get in the kitchen regularly things are not always going to go the way you want them to and that's okay it's part of it Totally, totally. I love it. Well, this has been so fun, Tiffany. I hope everyone will check out your book, Eat at Home Tonight. Such a wonderful resource for the home cook. It is very attainable, and I'm so glad to have this in my arsenal. So where can people find it, and where can people find you online? Um, The book that you can find um, on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. You can also find it in um, bookstores, any bookstore. It's in some Costco's and Walmart's. and some other stores like that. And then online, you can find me at eatathomecooks.com. I'm so proud of you. This is a big deal, Tiffany. Are you pretty pumped about this? <laughs> yeah, I just about flipped when I saw it in Costco. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, wow. So many years of hard work and just doing your thing and doing what you love. And sometimes it amounts in a cookbook and sometimes it doesn't. But really, just continuing to do what you love and to share that with the people around you and you know, for you, your audience has gotten larger, but you're just living your best life, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun for sure. Amazing. I always ask my guests just one final question, Tiffany, and it is this, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, my pre-motherhood self. I would tell myself to be patient with myself and also to pursue those interests that I have, um, even while the kids are young. 
Mm. I think I put a few things on the back burner that I could have made some time for myself. I love that. Tiffany, thank you so much for writing this cookbook, for sharing all about your cooking experience and just for coming on today. This was so fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Have a great day. I'm feeling inspired to make dinner happen every night, every night. But if dinner time has not been a regular thing that has been happening in your family, maybe it's expectations, maybe it's because of your schedule, whatever it is, maybe it's the meal planning aspect, I challenge you to find just maybe start with two nights a week, three nights a week where you really prioritize dinner time with your family. And I think you'll be amazed what happens with bonding with your family. I think you'll be really impressed and proud of yourself when you're able to put together these meals. But I can really attest that if you plan ahead, it is 90% more likely to happen if you already have the ingredients in your home versus if you're running to the store at the last minute to put the meal together. It never happens when that's the way you operate, right? I'm sure you can identify. So thanks, Tiffany, for coming on the show, for sharing your tips and favorite recipes. I'm going to link to her cookbook um, on the website, ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com, and I hope that you will check that out. I am so glad to start cooking out of that this week. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. Coming up next week, we have a fantastic episode for you about happiness. Happiness. Who doesn't want to be happier? I know that I do. I'm a pretty happy person generally, but I'm speaking with Allie Worthington, who is a renowned author who recently completed a book about happiness. And she's going to chat about how she's cultivated happiness in her life, what she found by being really intentional in writing this book all about the year of happiness and how you can find more happiness in your life even amidst season of challenge or struggle. She also has a podcast, and since we recorded the episode, I've been listening to that and have been really, really enjoying it. So I hope you'll check that out as well after hearing more about that on next week's episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Thank you so much for sharing the show, tagging me on social media, spreading the word. We just hit 2 million downloads on the last day of September, and I feel... Just overjoyed and grateful every time you guys share the show with a friend. And I'm hearing from so many moms all the time telling me the show and these stories are exactly what they needed. It just makes it all worth it. I know that I need these stories just as much as you do, and I'm happy to share them. I've really been listening to what you guys want on the podcast, and so we'll see some new changes, a little bit of format changes for the show coming up in January, but it will be the same meaningful, inspiring content that you've always expected on the Extraordinary Moms podcast, and hopefully just in a new and improved way. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, everybody. We'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.